This generation has been causing us to tear out our hair. But I am a millennial. Every fucking time one of them does the slightest little thing, they fucking celebrate as if they fucking accomplished something huge. I'm a millennial. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a millennial. So I want everything to evolve around me. Self-interested, unfocused, lazy. Millennials. The most educated generation we've ever had. Millennials put a lot of value in development. We want free food and beanbags. Do you have any personal hero? You know when people say, this person is my hero, or... Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I can't come up with one right now here at the moment. Because I think I found mine like yeah? a week ago in the gym. Okay. <laughs> was this, this? It's a stranger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea about her, but she, uh, this this girl, I was, um, I was doing my regular thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing the routine, you know, routine. curls for the girls and yeah, everything. Yeah, just just ass to the grass. Yeah, th that stuff. And all of a sudden, this this uh, girl comes like next to it, next to me. She puts her phone in front of her, and she starts dancing. And I'm like, "Whoa, that's new!" <laughs> <laughs> Because I mean, obviously, there's dance classes and stuff like that. But it's a bit like also people look at each other and check each other out. And but she was just like so. No shame. Of course, you shouldn't be shamed of like dancing because it was like this workout dance, but also not like an aerobics. It was like this. Was it Zumba? Kind of like kind of Zumba slash hip hop slash okay. something, you know, and I just love that because I looked at it. I was like, fuck, I should go up to her and be like, can I join you? Because this looks like so much more fun than what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Also, everyone is going around her and like kind of looking at her because it's just not really a thing you usually do. But she was so comfy with that. Just being like, yep, here's my phone. And now I'm like... But I, it's really uh, no fucks given. No, no, yeah. And the, the, the question that I sit with is, why does she, why does she have to go to the gym? Should, couldn't she do that at home? <laughs> that's, that's and like, if I were to dance, uh, I would probably do it at home. Maybe she has like a very small studio apartment. Yeah, okay, it's like good point. <laughs> Big ups for that one. But yeah, I don't know her name. I like it's one of those things where you like, but you just kind of want to be like high five, thumbs up, but you don't do anything. You're just like, yeah, this is totally normal. I'm doing my thing. You're doing yours, and I don't know. I feel a bit bad about that. So now I feel like I need to like come clean and be like, I appreciate what she did. Yeah, to good. me that day because that made me feel good. Good. I'm happy. Nice. Next time you see see her, you should uh, Pat think on about the back. like. Hey, hey girl, good job. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Millennials at Work, the 17th episode. I think so. Yeah, it should be. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. So far, so good. I think we've said this before. So far, so good. It's kind of like a saying of mine. I don't know why I am. But it works. It's true. I feel like there's some sayings that I'm seriously overusing in this podcast that I had no idea that I like so much, but it's just a thing I've started to do, overusing some stuff. That's uh, the hard part about having a podcast. You're yeah. very, con or I get very conscious about using uh, the word exactly a lot. And it's because mm. in Swedish, you say exact. Uh. And the people use that quite often, and, and myself included. And then I've translated that into exactly, and now I say exactly every single time in the episode. So I'm going to try to limit the amount of exactly's in this podcast. Okay. 
every time when there's exactly there will be like a little yeah sound we need one of these like uh electrical things so i get like a shock every time i do it you know Maybe when we I'm could do an app for that <laughs> Poof, there Poof. it is first minute in, yeah. there's an app no more well we are having an episode all about process design and facilitation i think this one is extra interesting for us maybe as being too uh, process-oriented people. Um, Very true. Process nerds, I would even say. I don't know, we, we think a lot about it and you even work with that. Very I mean, true also. For those who haven't tuned in before, we've talked quite a lot or we mentioned quite a lot that Rasmus is a process leader at a big company. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. So I guess we'll figure that out. Yeah. For also, what is this uh, What is this podcast? If you haven't listened uh, before, it's very important to know that Millennials at Work is a podcast about how to be and handle millennials at work, uh, what we want from our workplace, how to be our boss, and just everything around being a young professional. So process design and facilitation. Because historically or in general people are are more bound to think about the what or like what are we doing and then why are we doing things and the values and all that stuff simon sinek and simon all that sinek, jazz. he's he's really into the why i think it's one of the most important things uh in the business world right now how we work and how we collaborate mm. so i'm super excited about uh, this episode i think it's going to be very interesting Nice. But before we dig in, Uh-oh. it's time for a check-in. And Eddie G, I have prepared a very simple check-in. I want you to... Um, it's never simple for me. Just, no. Just to be clear. Okay. Uh, I prepared a chicken. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I want you to check in, or I want us to check in with um, what has been the best part of your day so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The best part of the day was... Um, I just really like breakfast. I can't, I, I, that is such a boring answer, but I'm such a breakfast person. It's absolutely ridiculous sometimes. But uh, today, why breakfast was also so good is that I read my uh, favorite magazine during breakfast, which I, which I'm very proud of because I've fallen into habit of watching something on Netflix or whatever during breakfast. And it's just, I feel it doesn't really doesn't get you going or doesn't set you on the right foot so to say but then then when i read something a good interview in a good magazine i feel like now my day has started what was the magazine it's a a latvian magazine actually it's got rigs likes it's like a i would say it's like a latvian version of the new yorker but it's much more into philosophy and economic like long format interviews that kind of thing it's very good Sounds very, very... If you read Latvian, I would definitely suggest you reading it. But I don't think it's that interesting if you don't. But I agree. I also have this bad habit of watching things while I eat. And mm. uh, a great friend of mine, he um, reminded me often when we lived together that I shouldn't watch things when I eat. Just sit there and focus on eating. Mm. Uh, I think it's something that I do every now and then. Remind myself, like, you don't have to... Be entertained the whole time. Yeah. Just sit for five minutes and Impossible. think and eat. And whenever I do it, it's very nice, but mm. um, it's hard. Yeah. What's your What's your best part of the day? Thank you for asking. Very much on topic. I facilitated a very nice uh, workshop today. 
mm-hmm. with uh, PwC has a global initiative called Young Leaders, and I had the chance to facilitate a process for them. And uh, it was a really, really fun experience. I love facilitating, especially when it's for a lot of people. Maybe mm-hmm. it's my ego wanting to like <laughs> get uh, on stage and uh, have everyone listen to me. But uh, it was super fun, and I was uh, I got so much energy from it. So, have you, have you ever thought of going into politics? No. Consider just saying, just saying. Let's not let's not get it into no, politics. No, that, that's a different no, episode. That's a different yeah. episode. But that was a great bridge, actually. If I didn't fuck it up, like not I did all. just now. Not at all. <laughs> um, bridge it. I will just bridge it that you did the workshop and 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 you facilitated the workshop because workshops and uh, and that kind of work in general that kind of thing is part of the process that i guess we uh, both of us are 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 mostly familiar with or when we talk about process design and facilitation can you somehow defi- how do you define those th- two things um for me process design is a set or fixed amount of time where um I or someone else has designed exactly what it is that we're going to do. A process can be very long. I mean, it could be two months. That's normally not the process that I do. It's more like these workshop processes. So in a workshop, where do we start Mm -hmm. and where do we end and what happens in between? Um, Another process that I also use quite a lot in my work is the Google Design Sprint. So for me, a process is a, steri- a series of steps towards a specific goal, I would say. For me, thinking about uh, what is process, probably lately especially has been uh, more to do with the general way of um, working and less the workshops and I think It's uh, because I've been working as a project manager and uh, facilitator in some way as well in a, in a digital agency and then that means looking after sprints looking after how do we work in the longer term throughout the project so that's what like I'm I guess coming from that part which you said about a two months let's say okay in two months we need to deliver this thing how do we work how do mm. we give feedback how do we how do we uh work together um when do we check in with each other and all of that stuff and just like being the person who also facilitates that that's the kind of process that i guess i'm the most familiar with mm. and i hope this somehow explains what po- process is i mean process is Process is what the word is, right? It's like, it's very vague. It's a lot of different things. And I guess when you talk about it in terms of like, you work with process or you design process in a workplace, like traditionally or historically, it comes from engineering. That was the industry where how the workflow works (laughs) was the most important. And then other companies, also digital companies, where the skills are more soft, saw that and we're like, okay, can we we take the good things out of it and, and made it into their own process? Right? Very true. I actually wrote down something Mm -hmm. uh, on my notes. I just remembered. And that is process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. So it is these actions or steps uh, that will then achieve a specific end. And whether that is within one hour or two months, that depends. Uh, But it's the planning of what is it actually that we're going to do. So does that mean that whenever thinking about process and how do we we, mm, 
how do we get forward? We always need to know what happens at the end or what's the end goal. Yeah, I I would say so. Mm. When whenever I um, whenever I design a process, um, I always think about what's the purpose, why are we doing this, mm. and what are we hoping to get out of it. So in the end of this process, what are we hoping to have? Whether that is a prototype or a concept or a product or whatever it is, and then if we know what the starting point is and what the end point is, mm. then everything that happens in between is designed mm. uh, and that's where we put in design thinking and we use like we need to start with understanding the problem we need to have empathy for the user we need to go through ideation come up with a lot of ideas and all these different steps mm. so in the end we will have whatever we want to 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 have in the mm. end it feels like knowing the end and also gives you that context that you can build upon yeah like it's very exactly. difficult to not and, have it and yeah. If I say, okay, we're going to have a product in the end or a solution or a solution to our problem, that doesn't necessarily mean that we know that it's going to be an app or it's going to be mm. whatever, but we just know that in the end, we want to have something that achieves this. Mm. And whatever direction we'll go and whatever we'll produce, we'll produce. And that's where you uh, we bring in the famous quote, trust the process, that Great it's quote. going to be hard and difficult not go straight into okay let's do this idea mm. but actually trusting that the different steps in the process will in the end lead us to uh, the goal that we are trying to achieve mm. and then there's this whole thing about facilitators and these little elves <laughs> in, yeah. in between all of that yeah. just making sure that things go forward and people don't i don't know jump out of windows out of exactly because for me facilitation is then the art of helping people through this mm. process. And that can be anything from asking the right, the right questions, making sure that you have everyone in the team, that you really get all the different perspectives. Could also be maintaining the energy in the room, creating psychological safety. Do we need to bring up the tempo? Do we need to lower it down? Um, all these kind of things uh, for me is facilitation. And sometimes that could be very fluffy. Mm. because it's about energy it's about feeling people uh, but there are specific tricks that that i use when i facilitate that we might come into later Ooh. yeah cliffhanger cliffhanger again um i read today somewhere that um facilitation becomes more and more important because in the future more people will become facilitators because our world will be so so much more sophisticated. We will need people who, instead of like making things with their hands <laughs> or like physically, um, need to facilitate processes and 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 kind of like navigate different relationships and all of that stuff. I guess I can kind of agree with. That. I mean, that's where it's going right now. I totally like. agree, and I I relate so much to to that. For me, it goes one way. With automation and AI, all the tasks that we do right now, we're not going to be able to do. We're not going to be better at uh, putting together a car because uh, a machine can do that. We're not going to be able to read um, MRIs better than an artificial artificial intelligence. Mm. But what we will be better at is working together and using all the different knowledges, all the different experience within people. Mm. And that's why facilitation and process design is so important in the future. The human collaboration and creativity, 
that comes through uh, process design facilitation is something that's going to be very hard to to beat. And I think that's why how we work is going to be so important um, going forward from from now until yeah many many years forward in the future. So I'm really excited about like getting uh, the most out of the people that we have. It feels like facilitator is often like a negotiator as well. Doesn't it come from, doesn't the word, I don't know, maybe now I've just like completely have imagined this, but um, facilitator is a word coming out, coming from this um, negotiating, negotiation practice and politics between like different parties and so on. And it's kind of... I can actually correct you in that because that's wrong. Uh-oh. Facilitation comes from the Latin word facil, which means making things easier. Bam. So, and I, I love... Facil. Facil. Making oh. things easier. So that's what facilitation that is, is about. Cool. Making things easier. Um, and I think that, of course, you use it in negotiation and conflict management and these kind of things. Mm. But it could also just be a meeting, yeah. making sure that people listen in and they uh, do whatever they're supposed to do. I think that's the, the 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 most interesting thing or why I love thinking about process and, and I'm just interested in that is what you're saying, those small things that, yeah, sure, that if you start thinking about process in the bigger picture in your company, um, it can it can really boost everyone's like productivity and so on. But like even relationships as such, even, uh, I don't know, uh, family life, even schools, classrooms, Everything like that when it comes to, as you said, making life easier. And let's let's say that that is the main f- job of a facilitator. And in this sense, easier to understand, easier to comprehend. You have to be you have to be pedagogical while also while being confident and and creating trust and all of those things. That's that's I think where the magic happens, and that's why I think the facilitation is so cool that you kind of see this this energy like going together and people like just becoming becoming better yeah i totally agree i take myself sometimes in facilitating friends and family (laughs) and people that i hang out with like asking these kind of questions and uh, you um, kind of give turns to for people to speak like like, i would love to hear from you and uh i have this like it's so uh, deep in me like if some people have talked a lot, then I automatically go yeah. for the person that hadn't said lo- said much, uh-huh. and then ask this person a question just to bring them into the conversation. It's a very good good trait, I guess. I mean, people must appreciate that. At least those who are maybe they're like really introverts. They're like, "Fuck you, yeah, yeah, who's <laughs> who's this guy? Just leave me alone." Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that I see facilitation is super needed is in meetings I don't know about you um, but I've been in so many meetings where we've just talked for one to two to three hours and we've not come we've not we don't have an answer for anything we've just talked for three hours and that's so it's a waste of time and energy and money and everything and it's so simple uh, to just design a, a very specific or very mm. simple process, but also then facilitating and making sure that, okay, mm. now we have to talk about this and then making sure that everyone talks. And now we need to move on to these kind of things because otherwise it's 
it's like this mess, it becomes chaos. And then it's what normally happens in my experience is that it becomes a fight or a, I need to say this and I need to say that. And then I need to acknowledge what you said. And then it becomes Mm. um, just a waste of time where people acknowledge each other of what they say and they say the same things. (laughs) Patting each other on the back or a power play, you know, when it's like, oh, the, 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 the loudest one wins or whatnot. But then if you have like a facilitated process and some kind of structure behind it, some kind of agenda and some kind of what we talked about before, the end goal, then it all kind of becomes clear. But, oh, I agree, meetings, that's just, that's, I think everyone who has worked a day in their life can can agree with that. But, I mean, this is millennials at work, so we should keep to work. But even thinking about um, arguments in the family, since working with process i've been also seeing myself which you said that you sometimes facilitate your friends and stuff i i see it so much clearer when when i argue with the in my family and and then the argument just like you you see it not going anywhere but then you're the only person who also like kind of or what i do is that i usually go meta and we're like okay but wait now we're talking about something else because that's what usually happens in family arguments you just like start somewhere in one place you go yeah, hundred miles the other way, and and end up being just angry on each other. Um, and the same happens in meetings, obviously at work. If you don't have a clear structure, don't have a clear plan, it's like, yeah, well, this was great, and that's why meetings are so hated. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. universally, that's not a Swedish thing or Danish or Latin. It's just. And I think one of the one of uh, the things that I got m- most feedback on is that we come so much further when it's facilitated. Mm. We just take a decision and then we need to move forward. Um, Instead of using all this time to acknowledge each other and pet each other on the back and like Mm. say the things over and over again, just, is this what we're going to do? Fine, let's take that decision and then move on. People would argue that they don't have enough space to kind of talk real ideas, go deep and all of that stuff. This is problematic, I think, because, uh, of course, in one sense, you don't have space to do that. On the other hand, if you're a good facilitator, I guess you kind of, because it's all about the prioritization as well. If you feel that, if you sense that this is a, this is a point that actually everyone needs to talk about in a deeper manner or like in just like more, then you need to take time for that or do it in another way do it like so that everyone has a chance to participate but doesn't take four hours and all that stuff but i guess that's like the critique that facilitators or like this kind of process sometimes gets is that why does it need to be so structured because like we're thinking with our heads and then we need to like just shove everything we have out there and put it on a table and if it's not out there and i feel suppressed yeah i think i i agree i think there's a fine line between um having the right amount of time to think about things mm. and if you put for instance the the workshop that i that I did today it was for 130 people 130 people uh for the uh, pwc um hours that we charge is a lot of money Mm-hmm. So sometimes we need to move fast and get shit done yeah. and take some decisions. And other times we need to actually go back and think about things. But to just uh, go back to what you said with sometimes we need to change things. And I think that's where the, the art of facilitation comes in, where I can plan a process and then suddenly I realize, okay, this is not working out. No, We need more time 
to understand this or we need more time to discuss this mm. or we're going in the wrong direction or people don't know what we're doing and then I need to change things mm. and um, I, I've I've been through that process uh, not a lot of times but a few times here mm. at, at, at my current job where um, in in the middle of the process I realized okay this is not going as as uh, as I've planned I need to change something mm. um, and then Aren't those the best moments when you feel that you actually can? At least thinking back to the times when that has happened with me in like workshops and such, that, that kind of setting, and you see that, okay, this is not working, or wait, 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 someone said something so so important that I actually need to change the next thing so we can really get to talk about it. Because otherwise what happens is that they go out and they're like, yeah, it was fine, but I kind of wished we talked about that thing. And yeah, sure. That's shitty. <laughs> so, so when those things happen and you actually see that, okay, I need to change my process and then it works. Oh, I think that's gold. I agree. <laughs> it's like... Do you have like a specific memory of great process or great workshop or something that like went super, super nice and something where you failed? Yes. I can start with the one where I failed. I think I actually shared it in the podcast earlier. Okay. It's one of the first processes or workshops that I did at my work, where I invited in some of the uh, top management people um, from the company, and I just packed in so many things, <laughs> and like I was so not on uh, like on top of things, and it just went to hell. It mm. uh, they didn't really listen. They didn't really know what was going on, and. We ended up uh, pretty much just quitting the whole thing, uh, and that was uh, that was horrible. Like that was really, really not fun. So, so that also happens. Uh, one of the best experiences I had was one of the first design sprints that I ran. Design sprint is this five-step process using design thinking, where you go from a problem or hypothesis, and then you build some kind of solution and then you um, or build a prototype of it and then you test it and then after these three to five days um, we know if we're going in the right direction or not is this a solution that actually solves the problem or do we need to do something else mm. so it's about learning uh, it's not about building a product very fast it's about learning uh, if it's actually solving a problem or not which I think is super fun and it was started by Google I think Google didn't actually start it, mm. but I think they packaged it and uh, yeah. and like took it. Uh, but I don't know the full story. <laughs> but there we managed to create so much great energy mm. in the room. And there was this sense of like, we are going to create a kick-ass solution. And we're in it together and we're listening to each other and we're collaborating. And the client had, prior to that, had some like problems with okay this is quite a hard team they're not really used to working together and it just ended up with a really really great um, result in the end why do you think that was or i mean what affected that first of all it was really high tempo we we managed to go very far uh, i think uh, we managed to keep the energy level quite high uh, it was fun um, and that's also some of the most important things for me as a facilitator is to sense the energy and it's something that I, um, to pat my own shoulder, is very good at to bring energy into the room and uh, really take the room and own the space um, and get people to trust me and do what I tell them to do. What about you? 
one thing that I uh, am not that great at is sometimes I shy away from having uh, a bit higher energy than maybe appropriate at that moment because it is a thin line. There is like a line where you're like, okay, this is a bit too much. You're a bit too high tempo or high energy as a facilitator and you're not reading the room. And then there's the part where you're just falling in to everyone else's low energy and just creating part of this mess and like contributing to that in a bad way. And I think sometimes I've failed into creating that uplifting feeling. I had a workshop together with uh, with a colleague of mine and with a client, like three or four people. And uh, because it was it was quite a, I don't know, corporate setting or quite quite stiff, although they were super nice and all that stuff. But I just felt like, OK, I can't really go here with the energizers and that kind of thing, because it's kind of I don't know. I'm also I'm much younger than them and feels like I don't want to be seen also as this student and junior and all that stuff. So you kind of take your own ego as well in in, in, in some kind of consideration. It's difficult to, to balance that. And then my, because usually I was the one in the company being like, okay, energized. And everyone's like, uh, whatever. And then at the, after five minutes, they're like, yeah, this was so much fun. And, and I'm not saying that energizers is the shit, but sometimes you need them. And then my other, my colleague, he stood up at one point and was like, okay, let's do an energizer. I was like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't see this coming. And I feel a bit ashamed of myself that like, and they loved it. They were like totally into it from second one. And I just didn't read the fact that the fact that they're older and in a suit and all that stuff. And I need to work with them afterwards. It doesn't mean that I will now, they will look at me weird or sometimes you just need to get over yourself and how you're feeling at that very moment and be like, no, I know that this will be good because we need to pick up the energy at this point after lunch. So let's just do it. I, I totally agree. I have, I also remember energizers from Hyper Island, the school that we went to as sometimes a bit just silly. Mm. But they're a great tool. Sometimes they are. They but, are silly, yeah. but they're also really great for creating energy and like laughs. Mm. If you can get people to laugh and have fun in a workshop, you get them. That, that's the best part. <laughs> I remember one, uh, I did a two day workshop uh, with a large uh, energy uh, um, company mm. in Berlin, uh, which was uh, a bit of a creative workshop, uh, but also a culture workshop. And um, I was 20 years younger than all the all the people in the room, and it was uh, 25 men, one woman, one woman, and uh, they were pretty much all engineers, and they were uh, mostly and German. And, German. <laughs> and then I had them, um, then I had them uh, do the rock paper scissor yeah. energize, uh, where everyone uh, battles each other on rock paper scissor, and then in the end, if you lose, you go behind the winner's back, and then you cheer for the winner. It's a great one. It's a great energizer. Mm -hmm. I use it quite often. And then I saw, I was in this room in Berlin, seeing 25 uh, old, middle-aged German engineers laughing their asses off, competing uh, on rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. That was like, this is amazing. This is success. It was, uh, yeah, I was so um, both proud and, and really happy mm. um, because... Um, I think it's really important when I do these kind of things that I that I take that I own it mm. because if I go in and doubt this energizer for one second, yeah. then they'll feel it. Yeah, when you are in that spot, it's kind of like <laughs> it's a bit weird to compare, but it's a bit like in front of a, you know, when people say that dogs can can tell if you're yeah. if you're scared. Now Isn't I'm calling. <laughs> 
I think every animal, any, every animal. like any animal, horse, dog, bear, whatever, yeah. they can feel your fear. And I think that happens as well when you're in that place of, um, even if you're trying to, sometimes you just need to fake it. And, and, but also be confident about it. Be like, now I'm this kind of person. I don't <laughs> give a shit. And yeah. they will, I think it's easier than people actually think to get people doing these silly things because it's very rarely when people are like, uh, no. <laughs> but thinking about a good, um, example, there was one, uh, workshop I did in uh, London for this uh, school. And, um, the first day we had, uh, the participants were the, the head teachers, the head, um, the board of the school. And then the second day we had the students, teachers, uh, and their parents. That was really cool to, uh, first of all, after the first day, kind of adjust the plan for the second one, because what we talked about before, sometimes you just need to, okay, yeah, sure, I have this plan, I have had this for two weeks, but now I just need to, with my insights, what I have just now, I need to need to change it. And on the other hand, afterwards, seeing that when you include more people and when you show the board and the higher ups and the managers and so on, you see in an hour, we got all of this stuff out of them and we tested ideas that you uh, talked about yesterday, all of that stuff. That is the power of what facilitation and process design brings to it. It like kind of what you talked about before you, the ideas go through the organization vertically, I mean, and, and that is powerful. I agree. It, it sounds very great when we talk about this, right? Like um, all our great experiences and all that stuff. But thinking, because we talked about things like meetings and stuff and something what everyone is actually facing in their daily life, there are a lot of first steps everyone can take to better any process that you're into, no matter if it's your home or is it your work or whatever. The first thing when I think about is, uh, or beloved, uh, start small, grow big. <laughs> but I guess it's, it is kind of like that, right? True. Just have to see those like little things that you can affect. I mean, if the meetings last too long, why? And asking that question, then like kind of getting into the problem and saying, okay, let's, let's try this one thing out. We don't need to change our whole process or whole way of how we work and all that stuff. I guess that's what people are sometimes afraid of when they think about taking in uh, external facilitators and all that stuff that, oh, these people will want to like disrupt everything that we do and no, we have our certain way. Sure, you can still have your, your certain way, but there are also things that you can kind of inject. Yeah, I think it's important not to start with just, okay, now I've planned the next five hours into detail if it's mm. the first time you do it. You can just add a few things mm. just to make sure that you end up where you want to end up. Mm. And that could be anything from what we do here with a check-in and a check-out yeah. just to create some kind of psychological safety and people feel like I'm in the room, I have said some things and these kind of things. Mm. Uh, but it could also to be before the meeting decide uh, what is it that we want to get out of this meeting. Mm. Do we need to fill out this canvas do we need to fill out this uh, powerpoint uh, do we need to take the decision on what three initiatives that we want to start out mm. what is it that we want to get out of the the meeting or the workshop or the whatever it is that we have i think start there and as you say then you can build on and add new things to it mm. 
I mean, suggesting doing feedback if um, if you never uh, given and received feedback in your in your company, maybe start with a very like um, you know friendly atmosphere kind of. Uh, maybe with pizzas and beers after work, that kind of feedback, you know, because if you're super new to that or if you're doing the whole thing about, okay, where are we going with this meeting? Return back to that throughout the meeting and kind of see if, okay, are we still on track? Are we still talking about the same thing? Those those small things are powerful. And, and of course, there's shit loads of tools out there. Uh, today I was actually looking at, or no, I got uh, just before... Uh, coming here, I got an email like newsletter from Session Lab or Sessions Lab, maybe I don't know Session or Sessions Lab. It's Session here. Lab. Session Lab. That's a great library for a lot of different kind of process tools that you can use from anything. But also a tool to plan your own uh, mm. workshops and processes. I it's my number one go to tool. I my world changed when I uh, discovered that it day. that day when I was like what <laughs> so uh, we highly recommend that if oh, you yes. are uh, into facilitation and process design mm. one thing that I also want to add and it's something that I think about quite often and over the last months or so I've been trying to remind myself of doing it it's not always that it works it's to explain to the people in the room that you're facilitating why they're doing this yeah. why are we doing this exercise uh, because if people know why we do things then they can then 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 they know then they know then they're like okay that's why we're doing it yeah. but the uncertainty and the like the um, i think we all had this feeling or myself i have that a lot uh, quite often like why are we doing this yeah. i don't understand why we're doing this and it's such a frustrating uh, emotion to have but uh, really, I try to do it when I do these workshops to explain all the steps. We do a check-in because now we're going to ideate a lot of ideas because now we're going to evaluate the, the ideas because, I mean, all these kind of things. I'm working hard on it lately. It's not always that I remember to do it, but uh, I, I try. I think it's a very, very important thing uh, as a facilitator or if you mm. run any process or... Yeah, I think it's uh, it's also a good test if you as a facilitator can't really decide on or like you kind of have put something in the workshop or whatever meeting uh, plan. You're like, yeah, I wonder why are we doing that? If you can't answer the question, yeah. I have done that many times yeah. when I just put something in because I think that that's a fun exercise. When I need to write about like, why am I doing this? Because I will need to explain the task or the exercise. I'm like, Oh shit! I have no clue. I can't explain. Well, that's probably that probably means that we shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a really that's, good, really good point. That's kind of you know very straightforward. And it's actually back to making sure that you know the purpose of what you're doing and what you're hoping to get out of it. Mm. It's not only the whole process or the whole workshop or the whole meeting. It's actually also the segments in um, the workshop. For instance, if we do an energizer, why do we do it? to lift up the energy in the room, to get people happy, to get them in the right mood. And uh, the desired outcome is, of course, that the people are full with energy. Mm. Or like, why do we do this ideation? We want it because we want to create uh, many ideas so we can find the small, uh, um, small um, uh, golden nuggets in mm. those. And the desired outcome might be three ideas that we can then bring forward, forward into the process. Mm. So bringing that, why are we doing it and what are we hoping to get out of it, is um, so important for me. Mm. 
I can try to summarize. Yeah. Process design is a series of steps or actions towards a specific end. And facilitation is when you are in that process controlling or managing the flow, the tempo, the emotions and uh, all the competences in the room. My drop. That's my... uh, (laughs) And then also that my summary is also that I'm really excited about process design and facilitation. I think it's super, super fun. Mm. And um, something that's going to be valuable from now until the sun burns out. I think it's why it's so interesting to think about process design is the reason of aren't we all quite interested of how to better our life at work, how we feel, how we work together, all of that stuff. It can sound so cheesy and like fluffy and all of that stuff, but at the end of the day, we we continuously see like how companies that are making an effort with it they actually succeed and they're the ones who get the best people. They're the ones who are around the longest and then such, okay, like these will be maybe more design centered organizations, but like IDO and the frog and Google and so on, they become these, I don't know, evangelists of like great, uh, great process and for a reason. And I guess we all have something to, to in any industry as well, which is important to clear out it's like we're not talking only about design only about like digital industry whatnot it's really it's hard to think of an industry where it wouldn't really work and one thing that we haven't even talked about is how uh, how we work uh, is linked to the culture Hmm. i mean there's a whole nother box to open up with how do we work together in teams Hmm. how do we create psychological safety Uh, all these kind of things there's also how we work which is of course linked to culture this was more like how do we get shit done and uh, make some money a lot of times people talk about this thing of um culture eats strategy for breakfast right yeah i think process eats strategy for lunch at least definitely because it's like it's equally important that's it you can trademark that shit i'll try i'll write a medium post about it all right time for the checkout yeah are you there I am here. Now I'm very uh, meta in uh, <laughs> thinking about, okay, so why do we do the checkout and what am I hoping to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and if we think about the reason why we do a checkout is to close this conversation. Yeah. And the desired outcome is maybe a learning or a feeling or sharing something between you and me. So we get closer or I learn something from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Based on that, I think that um, I'm going to end today's podcast about process design and facilitation with one of my favorite checkouts, which is just, what is your current strongest feeling? A classic. Classic. Works every time, though. Every time. Current strongest feeling. Current strongest feeling. I feel uh, content. I've been using this app, by the way. Okay. I will now uh, do a little... I like um, where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, it's called... Uh, have you heard of Mood Notes? No. Anyways, is this app where you actually reflect three times a day? Uh, no, you set uh, the times yourself, but I decided it will be three times a day when it gives me a notification. And I've used different kind of apps for that previously, 
and they're quite shit because it kind of I don't know there's too much to do and it doesn't really it's not uh, user friendly and all that stuff this works very well you start with kind of sliding up or down and the the, the face goes sad or happy uh, and then you uh, also can add uh, different negative or positive feelings that you have but they're like pre-written and uh, since I've been doing that and I've been doing it for maybe three weeks uh, filling in my reflections and feelings over the days on the positive side there's content and I don't know every time I see that it kind of like just sticks with me being like I want to what, what I want to feel that more what does content mean to, to for you? me it's like I feel like I've done a good job today. I'm happy or I'm not even proud. I'm just like happy how things are at the moment. Satisfied. Satisfied, yeah. Almost. Yeah. At this very moment, I'm not striving to feel much better or I'm not victimizing myself or anything. It's just like, I'm content. I like that. I like that word. I think you use that actually quite a lot. Maybe that's why I've heard it a lot lately. So it's uh, it's just... Um, Sticks into my face when I say it, <laughs> but I'm content right Good. now. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a nice episode to record. I agree, mm. and I think that I'll check out with the feeling of excitement. I was quite tired after today. Being even though that I really enjoy facilitating these kind of workshops, it still takes a lot of energy well, from 140 me. 140 people. I so. mean, it's a lot of. Uh, I pull myself out there, so mm. I was uh, eating. Um, dinner here at the office and I was just pff, now I have to go in and record mm. a, a podcast not that I don't love it but it I was low on energy mm. and after this conversation I feel like I'm back on 180% because yeah it's it was a really good talk I really uh, enjoyed it a lot nice yeah thank so, you so thank you <laughs> no thank you yeah oh, well now we run now we run a marathon yeah uh, energy you know ah okay I didn't really <laughs> get that it's a great joke If you are also excited after this <laughs> episode, please call us. No, don't call us, but DM us. DM us. Yeah, we're on Instagram as mill underscore at work. Or just uh, you can also just search millennials at work, to be honest. It comes up. Uh, and also go into Apple Podcasts and rate us. So give us a nice five, uh, five star rating with some review, maybe. That's the only place where it really matters and will really help us. You know, grow get, the business. Grow the business. Uh, get some more people into this cult of millennials at work. No, it's not a cult. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And uh, we're hoping to uh, see, hear, talk to you next week. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> With that, thank you very much. Bye bye. I'm a millennial. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a millennial.